With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the latest and greatest of the Outspoken Podcast through the airways of OBN Radio, and as always, the second floor of the Memorial Student Center, better known as the MSC. I'm your host, Andre Davis. Thank you all so much for joining us. Another jam-packed show for you today. I got the NBA and the NFL on my mind. We don't want to waste any time, so the call-in number, as always, 469-474-9370. Again, that's 469-474-9370. Seven zero. A lot of stuff to get into. We're going to talk about the NBA, the Celtics, and Lakers last night. Plus, Christoph Porzingis. We got Eric Bledsoe coming up, getting traded to Milwaukee. We'll get into all of that. Plus, the King versus the Greek Freak. We'll discuss that a little bit later. And then we'll hit you with some quick hits. And we'll jump into the NFL. But I got one thing on my mind. Apparently, getting the Silver Spoon fed from the time that you were born up until now, is it good enough? Apparently, having money your entire life isn't good enough. Something transpired in the world news here recently. Wonder Ball Brothers is in some deep water, y'all. The middle one. As we are joined with a very, very special guest. He is no stranger to outspoken, none other than one of my sports contributors himself, Mr. Clifton Monroe. What's up, man? Right on time, man. <laughs> right on time. The show just started. I think we had, what, what, just over three minutes ago. But you know what? Hey, I'll take a, I'll take the credit for that because I did kind of tell you guys kind of the last minute today. But I'll take the majority of the credit for that, man. But so glad to have you on the show, man. As I said before, you're pretty much a regular here on Outspoken. So we just pretty much have gotten started. We're talking NBA. Angelo Ball is stealing yes, overseas. Yeah, I'm trying to 
What's going on with that, man? Uh, I don't know. It was a shock to me, but I mean, they're saying that he's gonna have to like serve, but not like the maximum that he can get. Like he could get ten years, but this thing, like, he might get probation. But for those of you that don't know, Angela Ball and two other UCLA players were arrested for stealing some Louis Vuitton glasses in a Louis Vuitton store in China, and they're still in China at the moment. UCLA was supposed to play, I believe, Georgia Tech uh, this Friday, and that game was supposed to be in China. I'm glad that they said that because at first I was wondering, I'm like, okay, what in the hell is he doing in China? The NCAA basketball season is getting ready to start. Why is he in China? The first game is on Friday. I wasn't understanding that. But they're playing Georgia Tech, and they're playing in China. So that's the reason why he's in China uh, at the moment. And apparently they have footage of the Angelo Ball and the players actually stealing. So that's one of the things that when this came out on Tuesday, I believe, I didn't see anything about it yet because I wanted to get some more details on it. And the details came out that he – was actually one of the ones doing the stealing. And that was very shocking to me because one thing I said, you know what, hopefully one thing that I can really come back from is, okay, maybe he was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Like maybe he was just with the, maybe he was just with the guys that were doing the stealing, but he wasn't the one snatching and grabbing. I can come back from that a lot quicker than finding out that he was actually the one doing the stealing. And unfortunately, he actually was the one doing the stealing. Now, the good news is the fact that they were able to be released so quickly is some good news. Because yeah. what I found out in terms of uh, the China government and everything like that, they don't just release people that quickly. So there's a possibility that he won't serve those years because you did mention he can't serve up to 10 years, but it's possible. It is possible that he may just walk away with a fine. And if he just walks away with a fine, then I say that you got off. But regardless of all that, regardless of all that, what I really want to get down to is the bottom line. Because Clifton just frustrates me. Because as I just stated here when you just walked up, obviously having the silver spoon fed in your mouth from birth wasn't good enough. Yeah, this is thinking all these, especially these cars. I mean, I mean, you, with the which that, that, that further lets me know that this has nothing to do with money. Because you don't come from money. I mean, you don't, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you've had money since you were little. You've exactly. had the cars. You've had the clothes. You don't have to, own brand too. You don't have to deal with half the things that the average American has to deal with on a daily basis, which that may be money or clothes or having a roof off your head. So that lets me know that, okay, now you're just showing off your last name. And the fact that since your last name is Ball, you think you can get away with, get away with doing whatever you want to do. Yeah, you want to get time. And that's a problem for me. That's a problem for me. Because let me just be perfectly clear. I wasn't really too fond of Angelo Ball in the first place in terms of his, his uh, basketball. Yeah, I, honestly, I didn't think it would what college playing basketball. Well, I knew he was going to go to college because, I mean, he's going off of his last name. I mean, it's no secret. Alonzo Ball went to UCLA. Was he Well, let's just, let's just get to this college season first. Yeah, because yeah, at the end of the day, a lot of people are saying that it's going to be first two brothers that make it professionally, but the third one, LaMelo, might not be able to make it. Well, as far as LaMelo is concerned, there's, there's even a question as to, as to even if he'll even go to college. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, he pulled, uh, LaVar pulled him out of Chino Hills. He's doing homeschool. He's 16 right now. And because he came out with his own signature shoe, 
that plays into his eligibility factor in terms of as to whether or not he'll even be allowed to even play college basketball. So if they're able to get over that hump, I honestly do believe that the mellow out of all of them it actually can actually go to the next level because it was, in my opinion, just from watching those watching those three play, because they all three played on the same team at one point. You got Monzo, you got Leangelo, and then you got Lamelo. Now Leangelo has always been that that middle piece in terms of you know just there. You Lonzo was always the one doing the work, and then you got Lamelo who is an outstanding player. I've watched Lamelo play time and time again. Lamelo is an outstanding player. Unlike Leangelo, he kind of reminds me of Lonzo in terms of his size. See, Lonzo and we're going to get to Lonzo here in just a bit, but in terms of their size, they're very small. Now, Leangelo, on the other hand, doesn't have that problem. Leangelo is bigger. You know, he has more muscle, more muscle mass to him, and that can also play in a factor as well. But as far as going pro, I mean, he already got one stat. He got zero points, zero rebounds, one steal, <laughs> and then zero blocks. So he already has one stat in the season ain't even started yet, and that's from uh, his, him and his shenanigans uh, in China. But just when I found out about that, I was just so frustrated because that lets me know that, okay, just because you think your last name is Ball, you're not thinking about the consequences that could possibly happen to you if they catch you. Now, this is overseas. This isn't the United States. And the fact that he was able to kind of get off this easy in terms of, okay, he was able to – he was released, that was a shocker to me. Because as you mentioned, they say he can serve, uh, serve up to 10 games, uh, 10, uh, 10 years as far as the sentence. And that's not good. But hopefully he can walk away with a fine. If he does, I'll say he got off lucky, he got off easy. They'll probably maybe give him the probation or something like that, and then we'll just move on. But it, it's just that idea. I put out a meme on, uh, on Twitter. Um, you remember the conversation that Stephen A. Smith and the Bar Ball had um, the early part of the year when they were talking about uh, Lonzo Ball and the NCAA tournament going against De'Aaron Fox in Kentucky. And uh, you know the comment that the Ball Ball said, you know, in reference to Lonzo and Steph Curry, uh, LeVar was like, can he run, can he jump? Not like my boy. Let me tell you something. So I did. I put a meme on Twitter. I was like, I had the picture uh, of the Ball Ball, and at the top part it said, D'Angelo stealing not my boy. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I can, I can just, I can just imagine that, uh, uh, that look on the bar's face uh, when he saw, when he heard what happened. And luckily, they were already in China because they were filming for their reality show. And then they opened up, uh, they opened up a shop in China. Uh, uh, they had a little uh, clothing store uh, in China with the big ball of bread and everything like that. Isn't that not ironic yeah. enough? With everything that's going on, then they go open up that little. Uh, but I just think that that, uh, that that right there was just crazy. Again, Andre Davis with my main man, Clifton Monroe, was also took me out with the radio broadcast from Rose Hill uh, High School. We did that game uh, last week. That was a pretty interesting game, man. It was. It was a pretty interesting game. It was actually pretty entertaining. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't entertaining at first, but Rose yeah. Hill made it entertaining later on down the, uh, in the uh, final, third, second. final second of the fourth quarter. I told you it was going to do that. I told you. I said, one thing I know about Rose Hill, these guys have some fighters. I told you that. But we're going to keep the show rolling here, ladies and gentlemen. If you're just not tuning in again, we'll go one-hour commercial-free here on Outspoken, and we're just so glad you could join us. So we're going to keep the train rolling, and we're going to jump into the Celtics getting past the Lakers, winning by a score of 107-96. to 96. I watched this game 
start to finish. Now, I'm going to say one thing. I admire the fight in the Lakers. Yeah. I admire the fight in them. This is a very young team, Clifton. 19, 20, 22, 23. This is a very young team. Lonzo is only 19 years old. He hasn't even turned 20 yet. And you got the other guys uh, uh, that, that are like 22, 21, 23. It's a very young team. And the fight that they showed last night was unbelievable. So, do we credit more of that to the Lakers? Or do we discredit that from the Celtics? And the reason why I asked that question is because at one point in time, the Celtics were up by 21 points. And it pretty much looked as if the Celtics had put this game away. Then out of nowhere, when the third quarter comes around, leading to the fourth quarter, the Lakers cut the lead down to within, at one point in time, three. So, I got to ask. And Lonzo Ball, I believe he only finished with nine points, shooting below 30% from the field. So, I, I got to ask, because everybody's, everybody's really uh, been getting down to the nitty and the gritty when it comes to Lonzo Ball and his first first nine games of the season in terms as to whether or not he's a bust, you know, they're talking about uh, the way he plays, the way he performs, and, you know, and again, whether or not he's a flop in the league and everything like that. So, I got to ask, is Lonzo Ball, is he a bust at this point? I got to ask. I'm going to Why? Because you have to think, he has a lot of stuff on his plate right now. Other than that, there's something think about with his brother and feeling and how it, it is going on at home. And I heard, yeah, he, he hasn't spoke to, the, uh, to his family yet. He hasn't contacted his family after the incident with his brother. Well, he's contacted. That just get that one thing clear. Now, he, he'll tell the media one thing, but we really know another. There's no way to worry. You ain't contacting your father or your brother or anything like that. In terms of your brother being locked up, there's no way. There's no way. I, I don't believe that for one bit. But in terms of him being a bust, and I, now, I'm not going to say that he's a bust. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't say, think he's a bust. I think it's just something that he has to take Now, everything, now, as far as him dealing with uh, his brother and everything like that, that's just here recently. Yeah. That just happened the other day. Now, if now, if we're talking in terms of his father, the bar ball, and the bullseye that he's put on his back, writing checks that Lonzo has to cash, then that's another thing. And it seems that on one hand, as far as in terms of the media, he's kind of handling that, you know, fairly well. You know, every time they ask him about that, he kind of gives the nonchalant answers or he kind of gives those answers that would make you kind of think, okay, it seems that you're handling pretty well, but when it comes on the court, we see a different thing. Now, in my opinion, is he a bust so far? No. But the way that he's playing concerns me. Yeah. Think about it. This was this was Match Johnson's first pick. He was number two overall in the draft. He went number two. Yeah. That means he's the guy. He's the big guy. Yeah. He, usually they say he's the first person, the first pick in the draft. They have an okay season, but the second guy in the draft is usually the one that goes on off. Well, the thing is, a lot of people are comparing uh, Lonzo Ball to your more of your traditional style uh, point guard in terms of, you reminds me of a lot of defense. Ah, I hate that. Stop saying that. Everybody keeps saying the same thing. No. And I understand, Jason Kidd, his first season, his first his rookie season, he averaged about nine, uh, nine points per game, about eight assists, about seven rebounds. That squad, yes. But it is blasphemy for you to actually mention Lonzo Ball same breath that Jason Kidd in terms of his rookie season because even though maybe numbers-wise they're matching up, but in terms of how hard Jason Kidd played, the intensity that he brought on the court, 
everything and all of the above, there still is no comparison because they talked about the same exact thing, and I still don't see a comparison. When you watch Lonzo as of now, I'm not seeing that drive. I'm not seeing that, that, that wanted passion. And that's what you have to have. I, I get it. He reminds you of more your traditional style point. I get that. In terms of, you know, uh, not being selfish, you know, picking up the assist, making sure uh, his, other, uh, his other teammates get the ball, make sure that they're fed throughout the game and course, and course of the game and everything like that. I get that. But in this day and age of the NBA, the NBA has changed. And your point guard needs to be making plays offensively in order, in order for you to be effective. And Lonzo Ball and my team is just not doing that. Honestly, when you're watching that, wouldn't you really enjoy it more if Lonzo just kept the damn ball in his hand for more than three seconds? Yeah. I mean, seriously, every time they bring it down, every time he bring the ball down the court, after two seconds, he's giving it up. My goodness. Even if you just got a dribble at the, at the three-point line for a little bit, I mean, then you pass it. I mean, something. Every time you, every time you come down, it's like you treat it like a damn hot potato. You just get rid of it so fast. And you're throwing these ill-advised passes. Some of these passes are right on, but some of these passes, I know you can probably, you know, say the teammates aren't ready for but some of these passes, they're not ready for. Yeah. And at that point in time, it's okay. You get 25 seconds before you got to make a, make a decision. Don't, you don't have to get rid of it so fast. Honestly, playing over 30-plus minutes a game and, and only scoring nine, nine points, it's not enough for me. It's not enough. Can you, can you imagine – how closely the game would have been points. Thank you. Because at the end of the day, Julius Randle had to come off the bench and do work for them. Yeah. Having 16 points and finishing the game with 16 points and 12 rebounds. He is the heart and the soul of this team so far. It ain't Lonzo. And I'm going to tell you another thing. The Lakers are talking about possibly not keeping Julius Randle around for a long period of time. How you like that? Really now, this this report just came out today that the Los Angeles Lakers are not looking are looking to not keep Julius Randle around for a long period of time. What? Not after the game as I just saw last night. Because if it wasn't for Julius Randle coming in the game, and not only that, he scored 16 points and it was off a of five for I believe uh, five for eight shooting. So he's shooting effectively at that. Finish the game with 12-plus rebounds, 16 points off the bench. You mean to tell me this is a guy that you're thinking about letting go? Now, I understand they're trying to do that for the salary cap because we know that, you know, with the possibility of LeBron James and other uh, prospects possibly coming to Los Angeles in the, in the summer. So, therefore, he's trying. they're trying to create – imagine trying to create some room you know, for other potential prospects that want to come to the West Coast. Yeah. But at the same time, I, I, will, I, I will hold off on that. I mean, just, just for a little bit. Let's just see. Because that game against the Celtics, even though they lost, that game was huge going forward. So the Celtics have the, have the best record in the NBA right now. Okay. 10 and 2. Yeah. The best record. They're the best team so far, in my opinion. So, are we putting in work? Exactly. My goodness. <laughs> hey, hey, Clippers. But this seemed like he was just kind of toying with them. Yes, I don't yes. – it's almost not fair. Hey, how about – hey, let me ask you this. You think Kyrie got any regrets leaving? 
it's only it's it's only twelve games into the season. Yeah. It's an eighty two game season. But do you think Kyrie has any regrets leaving? Well, at first he, he didn't have a choice, but I feel like he had a that was a great place to put him. Even though even though uh ended up making them give up Isaiah Thomas, which really really affected the Cavaliers. Well, and that's and, and I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people are talking about the Cavaliers in terms of them not producing and everything like that. And a lot of people want to uh, compare LeBron James and Kyrie Irving in terms of uh, the trade as far as Kyrie Irving getting a better hand because he's playing better in the cat and, and Celtics are ten and two right now after losing like what the first uh, after losing the first two or three games in a row after uh, Gordon Hayward went down and then ultimately winning the next nine in a row. A lot of people are saying that Kyrie Irving has a, a better advantage right now. Other than the win that LeBron James had the other night against Milwaukee in the Greek Freak, which is honestly behind the Celtics and the Cavaliers, the only team in the East that's really relevant right now because of Giannis Antetokounmpo, the fact that they were able to win that game 124 to 119 lets me know that, okay, those other losses didn't matter. And that's why I do panic. A lot of people are panicking when they're losing to uh, the Knicks and in the, uh, in the, in the, in the Pistons and the Pacers. And a lot in teams in the East that don't even matter, and even though to the New Orleans Pelicans, which I actually uh, will brush it off to the side because they're falling right now. But, <laughs> but honestly, but uh, the fact they were able to win against Milwaukee, and Giannis had 40 points in that game. He had 40 points, and it still wasn't enough. But the fact they were able to win that game lets me know that, okay, those other losses didn't matter. Yes, but Giannis is changing the way that position. He is. I'm telling you. He develops a jump shot, the brother is gold. Yes. He develops a jump shot, I'm telling you. Like, uh, if he, for instance, if he were to get on the court and you were to, like, see him play, there's no one, honestly, there's no one to guard him. Even the tallest player on the team, I, I, feel, I feel like there's no one to guard him. Like, he could just shoot from anywhere on the court. Well, the thing is, uh, with Giannis, as I said before, like he still has to, uh, to develop other parts of his game. In terms of if he wants to be, if he wants to be that all-around player that can play uh, the one, the two, the three, the four, and the five, he's going to have to develop a jump shot. He's going to have to develop a three-point because that's just the way that the game of basketball is played right now. You have to have a three-point. You have to have a jump shot. That's the only way that it's going to work. Yeah. Now, in terms of. The king and the Greek freaks. I, I told I told Michael this the other day when I saw him in the NFC. I told him. I said, you know what? Giannis is the future. I saw enough. I can see. I saw enough from Giannis against LeBron James. He blocked LeBron James. Shot. <laughs> so I mean, I saw enough from Giannis, even though he saw LeBron James. LeBron James on six eight. Giannis is uh, six ten. So, but I saw enough from him against LeBron James and Cleveland Cavaliers to let me to, to allow me to say. He is the future of the NBA. At the same time, the king has to let him know. And while you may be the future, I'm still the now. And I'm still relevant now. And he made a statement with that. So that for, for that, I have no problem. But since we're talking about the Greek Freak and Giannis, I'm just going to bring up Eric Bledsoe. And the fact that that trade deal was able to go through, Eric Bledsoe's trade to Milwaukee Bucks for Greg Monroe, and the 2018 protected first-round draft pick, and the 2018 protected second-round draft pick. So, the deal is done. Eric, Eric Bledsoe is now a Milwaukee Bucks. Wow. 
Now he will be able to help out Giannis Antetokounmpo. That is going to be over. He's able to help him out. So I want to know, is this a good move? Was this a good move? Yeah, it was an astounding move. I, I agree totally with this, this, this uh, decision making. I, I really think this is a great potential player that could change where the where he's supposed to be playing right now. Now Giannis doesn't have to carry all that on his back. He has to just play it. Put points on the board. Well, I'll say this. Regardless if it was a good move for Harry Blessup, it's damn sure a good move for Giannis. Yes, it is. Because it honestly frustrates me to see Giannis put up triple digits every night, 30-plus points, 40 points against LeBron James, and yet the Milwaukee Bucks still are lose. still on the opposite end of the winning pole. That still frustrates me. It frustrates me. I ain't never been a Milwaukee Bucks fan ever in my life and don't plan on being it. But in terms of watching that guy play, playing his heart out every single I night. Why I would watch the book. Exactly. Yeah. Playing, playing his heart out every single night. And they continue to come up short. I believe they're sitting, what, six in the East right now? If they were brought putting up 57 points and they're still losing that game. What was that day? Wait, wait, which game was that? It was, he put up, I forgot what game he put up 57 points in late two long. Ah, I know. I, I know. I think I know which game you're talking about. It was one game. It was one game this season. But anyways, um, I haven't really seen nothing. Nothing. We haven't really seen a whole lot from Eric Bledsoe uh, this season because of uh, everything he was going with, yeah. going back and forth between his sons and everything like that, off court issues and everything like that. Him just wanting to get the hell out of out of Phoenix. I don't blame him. So that, that, that's a, that's a dead pool of talent right now. They're definitely in the rebuilding stage. Uh, the only relevancy right now is Devin Booker. So from that aspect, I get it. Now we saw we saw Eric Bledsoe last year. We saw what he could do last year. Even though they damn it, they sat him for the last twenty games last year. I think they did that on purpose so they can lose, so they can get a first round pick. That's that uh, so they can get a, a good pick. You know, anybody, they ain't they ain't they not fooling anybody. But Moving forward, Giannis is still going to get his points. He's still going to have over 30-plus points a game. He's still going to have over 12-plus rebounds. He's still going to have five-plus assists a game. Because Eric Bledsoe is – He probably will have even more with, with his assists now. What I'm saying is, like, you know, because Eric Bledsoe, while he may be that guy in terms of a point guard, he's not that big of a guy as far as uh, Giannis's numbers are concerned. What I mean by that, Giannis' numbers aren't going to decline yeah, because Eric yeah. Bledsoe is now on the team. And that's one of the reasons why I said that Eric Bledsoe would be a good fit for Milwaukee as well as uh, the Pelicans. But nonetheless, nonetheless, <laughs> the deal is done. <laughs> the deal is done. He's in Milwaukee right now. So we'll see uh, what that looks like going forward. But honestly, um, I'm hyped, but I'm not just overly energetic about it. Why? Why not? I mean, because, again, like I say, you know, he'll help. I'm not saying he's not going to help. They'll certainly win more games now. They'll certainly win more games now. But, and they'll definitely make the playoffs. I have to make the playoffs without Eric Bessel. Because I just have to Giannis himself. Giannis alone can get yeah, them to the playoffs play. in the East. But that's just how sorry. That's not really saying much because the East is just that trash. But in terms of moving forward, we'll just have to see. Yeah. We'll just have to see. Because, again, I haven't really seen a whole lot of Eric Bledsoe this season because of everything that he dealt with with Phoenix on the off-court off issues and everything like that. Once I see more from Eric Bledsoe moving forward, then I'll be able to make that judgment. 
as we are 30 minutes past the hour here on Outspoken. Andre Davis, Clifton Monroe, we are discussing NBA. We talked about Angelo Ball. We discussed the Celtics, Lonzo Ball, Eric Bledsoe, the King, and the Greek Freak. We're going to jump into this quickly. Something that I've discovered today. Christoph Porzingis may need off-season procedure on his elbow. Christoph Porzingis missed Wednesday's game due to right elbow and a sprained left ankle. Porzingis said he may need to undergo a surgery on his elbow in the off-season. It was, and I believe it was his right elbow, bursitis. Porzingis has had bursitis for years. Is this a problem for the Knicks? Yes. Why is that? These are very key factors to the Knicks. I think that's I think that's the key that they need If they don't have percentage, I'm sorry, but I saw some some, some videos on YouTube and really what they call the universe. Well, you know what? I ain't even going to watch the damn YouTube videos because I watch them every time they play, at least for the most part. Honestly, he goes to offense, he puts him to work on offense, and then switches the defense and just... Christoph Prezominus is the only reason why the New York Knicks are relevant, are, are relevant, are sitting 65 right yeah. now. Now, actually, they're the ones that are sitting uh, in the East right now. It's not Milwaukee. Milwaukee is ahead. Uh, the Knicks are sitting 65 and 6 in the East right now. Christoph Porzingis is averaging 30 points a game. All I'm saying is that the Knicks will probably need a frame that he can back. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, injury or no injury, Christoph Porzingis is showing us. He showed us last year, but I felt like because of Carmelo Anthony kind of being under that spotlight or that shadow of Carmelo Anthony, we really just didn't get a full outblown taste of what – Christoph Porzingis has to, uh, had to offer, and now that Carmelo is gone, now that they don't really have any damn body, Christoph Porzingis actually is giving us the full-out taste of what he can do. And this is something that we that we, that we we didn't have last year. We did not have this in the Knicks last year. We did not have some Christoph Porzingis last year. But we have it this year. And I, he's the only person that's keeping them relevant. Really. So I feel like this is an issue for the uh, New York Knicks moving forward. So, especially elbow, when it comes to basketball, you need your elbow, elbow to shoot. Elbow. So, but Christoph said that this is something, this is why we want to get into. Christoph said that uh, his bursitis is something that, as far as his elbow, is something that he's kind of been uh, battling with uh, for years. And honestly, I personally feel like that he's kind of let it get too far out of hand, you know, and, and I hate that because as players, we do that. I used to do that uh, before when I played the sport. You know, if it's a little little nick, a little knack here, a little, you know, a little, if you're hurt, if I was hurt, I try to just brush it off, you know, because as a player, you never want to hear that news in terms of this injury is going to keep you out. So as a player, you try to do everything that you can to stay in the game, to stay relevant, because you never, you don't want to, for some reason, when players hear the word surgery, they, they fringe up. You know, it's, just, it's like that surgery is always that negative word. It's always that bad word that you yeah. don't want to hear about. So I feel like Christoph Zingas has kind of let has kind of let this go on far too long, and I think that now it's kind of getting out of control to the point where surgery is the right protocol 
moving forward. Yeah. Because it's getting because it's getting worse now. He's getting banged up a lot more now. Why? When you're averaging thirty points a night, when you're taking the shot, as I'm watching New York Knicks, one out of every two possessions, Christoph Porzingis is taking the final shot. One out of every two possessions, he's taking the final shot, which means he's taking the majority of the blows more so now than last year. He didn't have to do it last year. When you had Carmelo Anthony, when you had Derrick Rose, you had these other weapons to kind of take some of the pressure off of you. You don't have to. You didn't have to deal with that. Now, one hundred and ten percent of the pressure is on you. So now he's taking all the shots. He's taking all the blows. That injury that he kind of just brushed off, swept under the rug, is now getting worse. And now he's forced to do something about it. He's so, forced to take action. I believe. Is a good call for him. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm glad he's um, coming up and saying that this, I need to do this now. I, I need to get this under control before it's Yeah, I, I do too. Like I say, uh, when I read about this, it was I, I definitely received the bad news because I told Michael Tucson all the time I can care less about uh, New York. I can care less about the world of sports in New York, which means I can care less about the New York Knicks. I'm a player person. I have my team, but I have players that I enjoy watching. And so far this year, Christoph Porzingis has been that guy. You got Christoph Porzingis, must-see TV. Kyrie Irving. Giannis, must-see TV. Kyrie Irving, must-see TV this uh, this season. So when I heard that, it was very sad. It very was. It really was. But hopefully – It'll work out. Hopefully, it's not as bad as we're making that out to be. Because that's really what I'm afraid of. Because I know as a player, when you let an injury go on for too long without getting it taken care of, the outcome can be a whole lot worse than what it would have been if you would have taken care if you would have taken care of it from the get go. So hopefully, they can get that situated. And we're going to move on, and we're going to jump to the quick hits before we get into the NFL. Because I really want to spend a nice chunk of time. On this, as far as the quick hits, the Louisville coach Rick Pitino was aware of a scheme to pay Cardinals recruit Brian Bowen and even participate in the plan. I'm going to quickly want to throw that out there. As I'm pretty sure most of you have known, Rick Pitino and his reps and his staff has been let go due to the Louisville scandal. Wow. So, in Louis, and Rick Pitino actually went on ESPN and talk to Jay Bow about it. Yeah, Jay Bylet. And even admitted to the fact that he had no idea that this was going on, which I knew was BS. He even brought up the lie detector. And you know what's funny to me? Because he brought up uh, the fact that he took the lie detector test and he passed it. But that was the first thing that came out of his mouth when Jay Bylet uh, asked him about the scan. <laughs> Think about it, when you have to bring up the lie detector test as your first response, what does that tell you? I mean, at the end of the day, it ain't hard, it ain't, it ain't hard to beat the lie detector test. Exactly. The lie detector test has been beating the lie detector test for a long time. So for you to actually bring up, oh, I beat the lie detector test, that doesn't prove anything. It's not hard to beat that test. Like you put that system and that's exactly. <laughs> and honestly, I just hope that this is not something that he can just walk away with. Because to say that you actually knew, even though I knew you knew, I yeah. came on outspoken the day after that this came out, Clifton, and I said this because it really bothered me. You can't tell me that you're the head coach of Louisville Cardinals. 
this is the NCAA, a Division One program, and you're the head coach. You know any and everything that comes in and out of the Louisville program pertaining to basketball. So there's no way that you can tell me that you had no idea that this was going on. Not only did you have ideas of the scheme, but you were a part of it. You were a part of it. So that, so that, that right there, that it wasn't new news to me, but I'm just glad that it finally came out. I'm just glad that it finally came to life. Now the question is, what's going to happen to Rick Latino moving forward? Because at the end of the day, he should not be able to walk away from this. Because not only were you involved in a scandal, I, I admit, I get it, you lost your job, but so what? You were involved in a scandal. You knew about the scandal. Then on top of that, you went on national television and lied about it. Yeah. There is no way that you should be able to walk away from it. There's no way. But if he were to walk away from it, I believe he would not be able to get employed. I, I, I don't think he should get employed again, period. I don't think he should appear. The reason why I say it is because this is not the first scene. This is not the first scene uh, as far as uh, first time Rick Pitino has been in the news. This is not the first time. This is not the first time. Uh, there's this thing up. There is a, uh, a sex scandal uh, involving Rick Pitino and, and uh, one of the secretaries that's working for Louisville. Uh, she took him to court and everything like that. And I believe there was another scandal before that. This is like the fourth incident. Most definitely. By Rick Pitino. Exactly. Uh, this is the fourth incident. Yeah. There's no way. In the, there's no way. In the world. Like this is, this is no, no, absolutely, positively not. This is the by the this is the fourth incident by Rick Pitino. Yeah, most definitely, I, he should not be able to be employed, or he should have some some major consequence for this. Yeah. And another quick thing I want to quickly bring up before we jump off into the NFL: TCU is taking on Oklahoma this. Saturday, both teams are 8-1. Both teams want to play in the NCAA postseason. I circled this game out of all games this Saturday. I circled, TSU, I circled TCU and I circled Oklahoma because it's going to be a very interesting game. It's the most relevant game. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the most relevant game that I saw that was the, the upcoming game for this, uh, this weekend. I think this is the most relevant. At the end of the day, Baker Mayfield has been extraordinary for Oklahoma. And I said this last week. My friend, no, it was Monday. I said this Monday. Baker Mayfield, if, the, if any team needs to be, and I said, and I said this uh, on Monday, Oklahoma is sitting at number five. They should be in the number four spot in front of Clemson. Clemson should not be at number four right now. It should be Oklahoma. At the end of the day, Baker Mayfield, if there's anybody that deserves to play the postseason for the NCAA championship, it's Baker Mayfield, just from the way that he's been playing this season. 28 touchdowns, only five interceptions, has thrown for over 3,000 yards this season, completed, completed over 62% of his passes. There's no way that he should be playing in the postseason. But that's just my argument to him. But as I said before, TCU taking on Oklahoma this Saturday. If you do not want to miss it, I will be in their front center. And we're going to spend about the last 20 minutes we have about 20 minutes left on the show. We're going to spend this last 20 minutes on the NFL. Coming up. DC, come on, come on. You got to talk about it. You know what I'm going to talk about. Let me, let me quickly run down this. U.S. Second Court Circuit, the U.S. Second Circuit Court of Appeals on Thursday, which is today, denied Ezekiel Elliott and the NFLPA's request for an emergency injunction pending appeal on the Elliott case. The court's ruling allows the NFL to resuspend Elliott for six games per NFL Network's legal analyst Gabe Feldman. The court says the NFL will be heard 
on an expedited appeal. In other words, and I believe that was that's scheduled for December first. So, which means Elliot is now serving those six games. My question is, my question is, should Elliot just have served those six games from the game? And why? I told you this like two outspoken or three outspoken ago. That I feel like he should have got it over with, to be honest. I think he should have got it. First time, first serve. First exchange, he should have been suspended, and that should have been. Then he could have enjoyed it and came back to the Well, at the end of the day, Cliff, and I believe, I remember you saying that, and I came at you with this. And the same thing, I'm going to come at you with this again. There's still, there's still two questions that we have to ask ourselves. Did he do it? Or. No, 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 no. You have to. You, the question is is Elliot, is this more so about continuing to play on the field in terms of as to why Elliot and his representatives have been appealing here and appealing there. Is this about football or yes, or is Elliot really trying to clear his name? And we can sit up here all day long quickly and talk about, oh, he should have just served six games at the beginning of the season and got it out of the way. But at the end of the day, neither one of us have been in a domestic violence situation. Therefore, neither one of us has ever had our name in the news and had domestic violence right next to it. At the end of the day, from the NFL standpoint, I get it. This has nothing to do about guilt or innocence. This is more so about power. But in terms of Ezekiel Elliott and from his perspective, this is you, you have to ask yourself that question. Okay, is he really? Is, are they really appealing? Because at the end of the day, if this is just about football, knowing Jerry Jones, he would look at the big picture in yeah. terms of, okay, if this is just about football, then yes, he would have just served those six games from the get-go, and he would have been back by now and playing football like you want him to. But in terms of actually clearing his name, because he feels like his, his player really didn't do it, and that goes beyond football. Zeke yeah. Elliott put out a statement the other day letting the world know that, hey, some things are just bigger than the NFL. I know the NFL likes to think that they're superior <laughs> and that they're above and beyond any and everything, but there are certain things in life that are bigger than, yes, you, the NFL and clearing your name of domestic violence if, in fact, you feel like you are innocent, is above that. It is. So at the end of the day, I have zero problems with it. And the reason why I'm not really tripping right now, I understand you and maybe other other guys, other people that are aware that I am an Ezekiel Elliott as well as a Dallas Cowboy fan would be just falling off the cliff by now, and I'm not. <laughs> well, the reason why I'm not, because I looked at their upcoming their upcoming games now, this Sunday they have Atlanta. I'm not worried about that. The reason I'm not is because Atlanta's been playing inconsistent all season long. They've lost to some teams that shouldn't even be on the same field with them. The only game on here that I'm really worried about are the Eagles. We play the Eagles right after that. And honestly, one loss doesn't mean anything. Compared to after that, we have the Chargers. Not worried about that. We have the Redskins. Already beat them. We have the Giants. Certainly not worried about them. And then we have the Raiders, who's sitting second in the AFC West right now behind Kansas City that we just beat. Raiders are 4-5 and five right now. They barely got past the Miami Dolphins on Thursday night football by score 27-24. So I'm not really worried about them. And, we, and he'll be back after that week before we play the Seahawks. So in terms of all the teams that I've just laid out here, there's only one team that I can circle that I'm really concerned about with the absence of Ezekiel Elliott, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles, who's number one in NFC East right now. But one loss out of all of these games, I'm okay with that. 
I'm fine. I can live with that. It'd be different if most of these are checked, and I'm checking off all these teams in, in terms of who we're going to lose to. There's only one check in mind. So I have zero problems with that. I really do. But as I said before, because honestly, the reason why I say it's Clifton because I was just like you at one point and said, you know what, maybe he should just go ahead and just serve those six games, stop going back and forth with the NFL because in terms of power, it's going to be hard for you to win and you're just going to make things worse on yourself. I said that, and the reason why I said that is because if you go ahead and serve now, because the way the season's looking, don't really know if you're going to make the playoffs or not. And honestly, in my opinion, it's still up in the air for me right now. But in some magical way that the Dallas Cowboys do make the playoffs, you've been appealing back and forth with the NFL, and now they've got you back in the corner as they do now where you have no choice but to serve those two games. You're doing it while your team is in the playoffs. And now your team doesn't have you when they need you the most. That's why I said he should go ahead and serve this game. But then I started thinking, you know what? I've never gone through this before. I've never been a domestic boss before. I don't know what it's like. Maybe this is, in fact, bigger than football. Because at the end of the day, if, they, if this is about football, Jerry Jones and, and all the uh, all the other representatives that we had just told him to serve this game from the get-go. That way, if, since this is about football, there's 16 weeks. We'll be fine without you for those six weeks, and then we'll get you back for those remaining ten weeks because ten is a hell of a lot better than six. But that's why I felt like it was more than, <laughs> than, uh, uh, than football. But honestly, I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. I'm glad this uh, this young man has finally came uh, came to join us. Listen, you know, your, your people are always uh, – y'all want to be down today. What is wrong with y'all? You was on CP time. Hold on. I'm going to get you mic'd up in here in just a second. You was on CP time. Clifton barely made it. But at the end of the day, we're so glad you can join us. And we're going to get you mic'd up in here in just a second, man. We're, uh, we're discussing the Cowboys, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, in terms of the situation uh, is back on. I just pretty much just shut Clifton down uh, from that perspective. You didn't get a chance to hear it. But I'm going to let you uh, give your chance to, uh, to say what you have to say about that because I know that you heard about it. And – if you don't answer right, I'm going to shut you down, too. <laughs> but at the, end, at the end of the day, man, I'm going to give you the mic, and I'm going to let you uh, say what you got to say. But uh, first and foremost, since you are a guest here on Outspoken, go ahead and introduce yourself, your name, your major, tell them who you are, man, before we get started. Uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, my name is David Smith. I'm a math communication major and a minor in business marketing. Uh, I have David Smith for my copy editing production class. With Mr. Smith, he sits in the front row, sits quiet as a mouse, as a mouse throughout the entire class. Yes, you're on mute, man. You're on mute every time, but you're not gonna be on, you're not gonna be on mute today. Sorry, to give you opportunity to uh, to express your thoughts. But as I said before, man, we're discussing uh, Ezekiel Elliott situation, everything like that. And I'm pretty sure you already know the six game suspension is back on. He will serve those six games. There's another appeal hearing, but that's not going to be until December 1st. So as of right now, he has to serve those six games. So I want to get your thoughts and your opinions on that. I asked Clifton, should have should Ezekiel Elliott have served those six games at the beginning of the season? I'm going to give you a chance to answer. Oh, uh, yeah, because now that yeah, because now that the season is winding down, it's getting closer to playoff time. I feel like he should have just sat sat it out instead of trying to appeal it. 
I mean, the way it's looking right now, he may never get those six games back, and it's going to affect the team in the long run. Now, I'm glad you mentioned that, David, because you actually said that in the same reason that I said he should have done it at the beginning part of the season, because as I told Clifton, in some case, just in case the Cowboys somehow make the playoffs, right. they don't want to be without their star running back. And you keep appealing with the NFL going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and then they finally back you into a corner where you have no choice but to serve those six games. And what if it's at a point in the time where the Cowboys are in the playoffs? Now they don't have you for the playoffs. So from that perspective, I said the same thing. But then I sat down, uh, David, and I told Clifton the same thing, and I want to get your thoughts on this too. I said, you know what? At the same time, none of us has been in a domestic violence situation, as we know. I don't really know that with me. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt right now. But none of us have really been in a domestic violence situation. None of us has had our name in domestic violence in the news and domestic violence right next to it. So my thought process was, okay, we have to ask ourselves two questions. Is this about football in terms of as to why Zeke Elliott has been appealed, has been appealing back and forth with the NFL, or is he really trying to clear his name of domestic violence? And the reason why I ask that is because here recently, Ezekiel Elliott put out a statement in terms of some things are bigger than the NFL, some things are bigger than football in terms of what type of legacy do you want to uh, do you want to leave with your name and domestic violence attached to your name? It's not a good look, man. It's not a good look. So I want to ask you from that perspective. Do you feel like it would make more sense for Ezekiel Elliott to continue to appeal back and forth with the NFL if, in fact, he's trying to clear his name of domestic violence? Um, in my opinion, I feel like it's a good idea to keep, continue to appeal, but at the same time, like I said before, he's not doing this to hurt the team at the same time. So if he was, if he was done this earlier in the season, then it would have made more sense for him to just sit out for the six games instead of trying to appeal now when we have for the season. Well, and, and I get that, and I really get that. But, you know, at the same time, and I mentioned the same thing to, uh, uh, to Clifton, you know, at this point it's really about power. Right. It's about the power of NFL. It's about the power of Ezekiel Elliott and, and how far they're willing to go and match up with the NFL, you know. And honestly, man, I, I don't know, David. I feel like sitting out the six games at the beginning part of the season – you know, it's almost like you're just throwing in the towel, yeah. not even fighting. Now, you would say after the second time they denied him and him appealing again, then maybe, but even at that point in time, because this is what I said, I said maybe slicing in half, you know, maybe not the whole six, you know. How about four? Can we get four? Maybe six is just a little bit too three. much. Three. I'll say three. Oh, you're going to get three. You're not going to get three. They didn't even give Tom Brady three. Tom Brady had to serve four. You mean tell me that? You're supposed to get, honestly, you're supposed to get like more than four. But they cut it exactly. But, but, that's what I'm, but that's what I'm saying. You mean to tell me that you think that just because you're Ezekiel Elliott? One, look at your skin color. Now, yes, I'm throwing that out there. They didn't give Tom Brady all his skin. They only gave him four. You think you're going to get less than Tom Brady? You, the, oh. the face of the NFL? You think you're going to get less than him? You only been in the league not, because Tom Brady's the face of the You only been in the league one full year. This is your second year. You think you're gonna get less than Tom Brady? It's not gonna happen. That's why I said four. Tom Brady, I said four. He does everything behind him. He, he's on the cover of Madden. He has five rings, and he's uh, the most like talked about quarterback. 
when it comes to like being the goal at the end of every game and stuff like that. Of course, there's a point in time when Ezekiel was in that talk too. Yeah. Well, he's still in that talk. He's still in that talk. He's still one of the top. He's still the top five. The top five running back. Right he's, right he's only been in the league for at least two years now. He hasn't been in the league long, as long as Tom Brady has been. So, but think about how much of an impact he had when he came to the league. If in fact he's only had one full season, and people are already talking about him in that perspective, that just shows the level of impact he's had in that first season and he's up to this season to, to allow people to talk about him like that. But honestly, I, you know what? At the end of the day, it is what it is. You know, I'm not falling off of a cliff. You know, I'm not falling out. You know, I understand, Clifton, you were expecting that uh, from me, but it's just not going to happen, man. It is not going to happen. And I told Clifton, the reason why I'm not is because of the teams that the Dallas Cowboys have coming up. And there's only one team on that schedule, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles, that just really concerns me. <laughs> they lost one game so far. They're having a great season. Clifton just, just, uh, just makes me laugh because just talking about his team right now, it makes me get it. It is not. But speaking of your we team. got a black quarterback. Another black quarterback. Uh, what's his face? Who is this? Oh. Johnson? Something like that. we got another black quarterback. What they got to do with anything? Yeah, Pope. Wow. So, so, Christian is saying as long as you got blackness. Yeah. That's a great quarterback for a black. No, no, no. Your words. This is your words. I'm just saying. As long as he's black, he's okay. That's what you're trying to say. No, I'm not saying that. <laughs> so, at the end of the day, that's all I'm saying. At the end of the day, regardless of who they have, you know who's getting first uh, first team rest right now? T.J. Yates. Right. T.J. Yates. Explain that, Mr. Houston Texans. No, you don't want to go out to Colin Kaepernick. You don't want to go out to somebody who's a deep. There's your black quarterback that you did. You know why they didn't want to go after him? I know exactly why they didn't want to go after him. They didn't want all that negativity. No, what? That's no secret. To be honest, I would have picked up Colin Kaepernick. What? I would have picked up Colin Kaepernick. Okay, I thought you said would. Okay, I I would pick up Colin Kaepernick just because of the experience of it. You have to think about it. The experience that Colin Kaepernick has had in the league has been more than the ones that they're trying to pick up. We know that. Like Mike Glennon, I don't know why in the first place they picked him up. And they, Matt they McGloin. Pre- you mean Matt McGloin. And Matt McGloin. They put him in practice squad, and they took him out before he even got him. I know. It frustrates you. Yeah. I was, I mean, why would you pick him up in the first place? You tell me, Mr. Houston Texans. Anyway, we have a another potential <laughs> quarterback, <laughs> but, yeah, it's not looking good. At the end of the day, you don't, you don't have anybody. This is going back to the last year. We didn't the have any quarterback at all. The only potential quarterback you have is not on your team right now. Exactly. He's on IR. No, 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 no. I ain't talking about Deshaun Watson. Really? No, 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 no. I'm talking about Colin Kaepernick. I said not on your team. Deshaun Watson still on the team. I said somebody's not on your team. Colin Kaepernick's not on your team. That's the only potential quarterback that you don't have. I really would. So. They would pick him up. <laughs> and, and honestly, it, it, it just really makes me laugh. It, it just really does. You know, you know, you had a chance. Now the thing is, they were talking about it. Yeah, they were. The front office were talking about it. And the reason why they say is because of the collusion that's going on between Colin Kaepernick and him doing the NFL and everything like that. That's the reason why, which is, you know, obviously we know the other stuff plays a factor in everything. But at the end of the day, what still bothers me is the fact that Bill O'Brien is 
unlike some of the coaches in the NFL, Bill O'Brien actually supports the NFL project. Yeah. He really does. Yeah. So uh, in terms of everything that probably happened with bring to the Houston Texans, all of that drama and everything like that, in terms of the protest, it's something that Bill O'Brien actually, and I have to say he actually supports. The NFL. Roger Goodell, the NFL. It's not going to happen. I don't think so. It's you not going to happen. You don't think it's going to The reason I'm saying it is because the NFL expects a five-year extension with Roger Goodell to be finalized soon despite – Jerry Jones is threatened to sue him. Yes, he was. That, that, that's the person exactly. I was talking about. Jerry no, Jones yes, sue exactly. Him. Despite the fact that Jerry Jones is threatened to sue Jerry him. Jerry Jones takes At the end of the day, everybody. Yeah, I, I don't know why he's getting a five-year extension. Why, why not? What? Go ahead. Oh, okay. Explain. Explain. Why would you extend a person who is allowing people to call your players inmates? Because he do the same way. At the end of the day. Exactly, but in the NFL, how's it on Roger Goodell? How's it on Roger Goodell? He's allowing someone to call the players that he's over to be called teammates, his inmates. Like last, he, time, last time I checked, number one, Bob McNair doesn't actually talk about the players. He's talking about the, uh, the front office in terms of the NFL and everything like that. Number one. I, I and number two. They had all the players on, on the front page. Of course. That was the media. You're Second looking at the wrong thing. That's the media. Of course the media is going to do that. When Bob McNair said we can't allow players running to prison, I, 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 even I though he meant asylum, not prison. I honestly don't like one. the way Roger Goodell is running. Why? Explain. Because he's allowing so much stuff to go under his nose. How? Like what? Like, the Colin, Ka- like Colin Kaepernick not having a job. That's, that's the number one thing. I don't think he should have. Because. Colin Kaepernick and everything that he comes. Do you not realize that the ratings, because of the NFL protest that started with Colin Kaepernick, has gone you know down. the ratings have gone down? Yeah. That's bad for business. Exactly. You have to understand, Roger Goodell is about business. And him bringing Colin Kaepernick in would be bad for business from that aspect because the NFL protest and everything like that is affecting their bottom line. You the business otherwise, too. Because of the NFL protest that started with who? Colin Kaepernick. And I don't think he's ever going to get better, even if he is in the long run. My thing is, you can't blame that on Roger Goodell. How was that Roger Goodell's fault? How? Explain. I just want to know. Because the players, the other players, weren't kneeling for the national anthem until the president of the United States, Donald Trump, called them SOB. Then all of a sudden, they start kneeling for the national anthem. Nobody was doing that but Colin Kaepernick. So how is that Roger Goodell's fault? Now, the only, the only issue I have with Roger Goodell is him meeting up with players, the owners, and the, and the coaches to try to get down to the bottom line and him trying to actually hear a – He's not trying to hear the players. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, him trying to actually get down to the bottom line and actually uh, understand where the players are coming from and everything like that and all that's concerned. That's my only issue because at the end of the day, he has the power to make it the same rule that the NBA had that players have to stand for the national anthem. He has the power to do that. No, they're picking at it. They're nitpicking at it. In the NFL, it's not a rule that you have to stand for the national anthem. In the NBA, it's like that. Adam Silver has already made that rule. That rule is perfectly clear. You're standing, and if you're playing in the NBA, you're standing during the national anthem. Roger Goodell has not made that rule for the NFL. My thing is, just go ahead and make the damn rule, and let's move on with our lives. Now, what did that mean? I was going to say, what was that ever written in the book, in the book? Rule book that they had to. Oh, 
no, no, it's real, it's written for the NBA. It's written. Okay. That's like that. That's a sealed deal. That was actually before Adam Silver actually became the NBA commissioner for the NBA. That rule has already been in there. Everybody knows. Everybody understands that. As far as the NFL, there's no rule. There's no rule. In there before all this happened. Well, at the end of the day, you can say that it's stupid, but when nobody's really see an issue, when nobody's really targeting an issue, as long as it's remained swept under the rug, everybody continues to go on with their day and everything like that. But Colin Kaepernick, in terms of police brutality, racial and social injustice, he actually brought those issues to life by dealing for the national anthem. Now it's becoming relevant now. It's been relevant for a long time, but if nobody actually speaks out about it or takes a stance, we'll continue to ignore it. And Colin Kaepernick got tired of that. I understand that, but I think Roger Goodell should have stood for them. Like, he should have been one of the main people to Why? stand for them. Why? He's in charge of the NFL. Number one, Roger Goodell is not black. I know that. Roger Goodell has never dealt with police brutality. So you want somebody that has never dealt with police brutality, social and racial injustice, to actually stand and understand what you're going through? I'm not saying understand what they're going through. I'm just trying to, like, stand for something together, like, as the NFL as a whole. But you have to understand, there are people. Viewers, people that pay their hard-earned money for the NFL are choosing not to because of the NFL protest. So, and, and Roger Goodell is the commissioner of the NFL, so you expect him to actually be on the player side when it's, it's the players that's costing him money? Let me tell you something. One thing I know about rich people, rich people want to stay rich. That's one thing I've noticed. So anything that affects their bottom line and their dollar sign, it's a problem. And the NFL protest is affecting the bottom line, and it's affecting the money. That's all that he. That's all that matters. That's all that the NBA. That's all the NFL commissioner cares about. That's all that the owners care about. Why do you think Jerry Jones, out of all owners, actually came up and actually spoke out that hey, if you're playing for the Dallas Cowboys, you will not. I, I give all my respect to Jerry. Sure. It's not. Gonna, it's not. Gonna, why? Why? I give much respect for Jerry Jones. Why? We understand why Jerry Jones is suing because of everything that uh, that he's going that he's going through with Ezekiel Elliott. That's the only reason why he's suing him. That's it. You really think where he was Jerry, cares about his black players? Where was Jerry Jones when the whole thing went down with Ray Rice? The the the, the way that the NFL poorly handled that Ray Rice situation. Where was Jerry Jones then? Where was Jerry Jones back when the whole thing with the NFL protest actually took place? Honestly. There's nothing that you can really say other than the fact that everything that he's going through with Ezekiel Elliott and the fact that Ezekiel Elliott is not getting a fair opportunity, which at that point I actually do agree with him with, is the only angle that he has in terms of suing Roger Goodell in the NFL. That's it. That's the only thing we have. You want to comment, Mr. David? I mean, I got you. Uh, I got you uh, at the last minute. Wait, what? On your on your, uh, your point. I, I just don't understand. I just don't understand that a lot of stuff that people like to point out in terms of what's going on, and everybody is quickly. Now, I'm be honest. I, I've never been a, a huge fan of Roger Goodell myself. I never have been. So on that point, I understand you. But at the same time, people fail to actually get down to the bottom line and everything that's going on, that's going wrong with the NFL. They want to quickly blame Roger Goodell. I understand that. I understand how they're blaming on Roger Goodell because a lot of people don't know what's going on inside the NFL. Exactly. Uh, playing wise, but at the end of the day, you have to. The, I, 
And that's that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate because he sits at the top of the food chain. Yeah. So automatically, like that's what's like going on. There'll be commenting on Adam Silver and what he's doing with the I get it. I get it. But at the end of the day, and that's our problem as society because we quickly want to jump to the top of the food chain and blame the person that sits at the top without that's actually what, understanding. That's what everything. I mean, but they, I get it. But they, but that's the problem. Until you actually ran the NFL, until you actually ran the NBA. You don't really know what it takes, the struggle that it takes to actually run it and everything that comes with it. So we can't be quickly, and that's just for anything. You can't be quickly to blame somebody that's sitting at the top without actually being up there with them and understanding the level of stress and what it takes to actually get things done. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Before we, put, before we make the blame, let's take, let's take a step back, breathe, and realize what it took to get there. That's it. And unfortunately, guys, we have run out of time. David, man, you came. Uh, you did, Mr. Bledsoe, man. You did. But, hey, we're back every Monday and every Thursday. If you have some time, man, please come back and join us again. We definitely love to have you. We're in the same exact spot every Monday and every Thursday, man. So, I want to thank you all so much for joining me on the show. My main man, Clifton Monroe, for Mr. David. Last name again? Smith. Smith. I'm going to get that. You got a basketball name. I like this. David Smith. I like that. So, for David Smith, for Prison Monroe, thank you all so much for joining us. Man, again, we're coming at you live from the second floor of the Memorial Student Center, better known as the MSC. You have been listening to Outspoken. I'm your host, Andre Davis. Thank you all so much, and we will see you next time.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.